the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Brett Edward. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Buy the snake in the house. I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Steven, how are you? This is David Dunn. Did I see No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, no. This You're is the, the podcast. Uh, you the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody, it's a new edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, uh, brought to you by the good people of Chris Law and Chris Brockman. Chris Law, who has yet to create a new open for this show, despite the avalanche of tweets of people begging him to get my cackle with Chris Cooley from almost a year ago, last playoff-type show, uh, off of the open. So roll it. This is the new This is the new part of the new open. Roll it, Chris oh, Law. Me, Cookie Monster. Yeah, me always listen to the Rich Eisen podcast. It's my favorite <laughs> podcast. Yeah, me listen on NFL.com. Oh, and it's also on iTunes, just in case you not know that. Oh, me going to go listen right now. Let's see where the... Oh, let me go to iTunes, where the rich Eisen... Oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, he terrific. That my kind of guy. That guy know what he's talking about. <laughs> we wonder if you like cookies. Dear Rich. He's emailing you do now. Do you like cookies? Uh, that was fun stuff. I've been to your house, Rich. You do like cookies. I do like cookies. <laughs> and it was, was Cookie Monster on a couch in Sesame Street? I mean, cause Cook- it sounded, I heard the TV in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, he was in our newsroom. Was news he cooking room. something? Was he cooking up some Toll House Cookie in the Monster kitchen? came in the newsroom yesterday, and uh, Charlie Yook, great coordinating producer here at NFL Network, set up uh, yes, a little something indeed. for him for game day morning. So I, I helped shoot it with Dave Sorfine, and then we... Uh, we ended up getting some reads for the Eisen podcast and some other shows. Pretty this funny. Sunday on That's NFL great. Game Day Morning, Cookie yeah. Monster will be part of the of the show. Fantastic. Is he, is he uh, picking games like the monkey? You'll see when he sits oh, we'll at a see. desk, not at the news desk. Where he's no, no, don't give any of it. Don't give it oh, any of it away. Oh, it's my desk. That's all I'm going to oh, say. Oh, it's your desk. It's actually okay. my desk that he sat at. <laughs> so there's literally cookie crumbs in my desk because oh, whenever gonna, he munches right. on them, they just fly. I was going to say, get ready, America, for a lot of Penn State paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me like Nittany Lions. Rough <laughs> uh, uh, weekend for me, gosh. Oh, boy. I'm almost one for me. Oof. I nearly wow. lost a gallstone, and wow. I don't have them. Oh, my goodness gracious. But uh, thankfully, uh, there are no pictures in the standings in any uh, sports. So That's true. Michigan 3-0 and against Akron. Good to see you guys. Good to see, see you, buddy. How's that Sunday game day morning schedule hitting you, I'll Chris you Brockman? What, I'm, uh, I'm a little exhausted. Mondays and Tuesdays are my off days now. And so it's feel, you feel like you've been hit by a truck, oh, right? Oh, my goodness. I mean, because, yeah. you know, I get it probably like... We're here 12 hours usually on Saturdays, getting mm-hmm. ready for the show, and then quick turnaround, 3 a.m., so I probably get two or three hours of sleep on Saturday night, and then I was here 12 hours yesterday. Yeah, that's more than me. That's, uh, I, mean, no, I mean, that's less than me. Yeah. I, get, I, get, I do get to get a little bit more than that. Yeah. 
But uh, which is crazy considering what you got going on in your house right now. But. Well, it's yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun. It's that time of year, yeah, you know. For sure, absolutely. And we love the time on the road too on on Thursday night kickoff. Yeah. But it is you know get on a plane Wednesday, go do that, then come right. back, then do the meeting, then do the show, then repeat, wash, rinse. Yeah, you know. I mean, you're throwing like 24 hours of work into like 26 hours, and it's. Uh, but how much fun is that? It's amazing. It's it's such a good time. Is that your email again? Can you turn off your mic? Can you turn off? Well, this is perfect segue what? to who's coming on the show today. Uh, we've got a couple of football players, yes. but coming on the show later today is longtime Seinfeld producer Peter Melman, who was the story editor of the Latex Salesman episode. <laughs> Jeez. So, so it is sort of perfect as a Latex Salesman moment right off the bat. Of one, this show, one of us works during the show and getting, you know, I understand, but I, I said to you before you hit play, need a new argument that this is not my job. You stroll in, <laughs> you come in, you sit on an here. off day. He on just talked about his crazy schedule. Oh, there are no off days. It's the NFL season. Come Listen, on. law, true or false? Before we started this segment, before we hit record, or you hit record for us, yep. I said. During the Larry Fitzgerald interview last week, I heard three emails come in during the interview. The, yes. You know, the, the Microsoft Outlook email noise that there's a new fresh one in your inbox. I said I heard it three times. Can you please turn the volume down on your computer? There's a mute Chris button. Brockman, is that true or false? Did that conversation happen? 100% true. And then, seven minutes ago, yes, I do recall that. And then that noise that I think heard is one of those that where you hit the button where something didn't work or, right? Isn't that the noise of like try again? Right. The that Outlook the try, try again, again noise? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Not to mention the insensitate typing. That we always hear. Well, he is working. I am I mean, working. He, sending notes oh, to the news oh, desk, sure. to PR, letting them know. And to security, the security let know that Peter Melman doesn't no. need to stroll the parking lot uh, or sit in the green room for 10 minutes, exactly. as Al Michaels did last Just week. Send him up here. So, um, at any rate, the man who was part of the creative process that brought you latex salesman and all the other genius moments, he's also a giant and Patriots fan. I don't know how that happens. What? I don't know. Is he from Connecticut? Well, he's an interesting sort. Let's put it that way. Peter Melman's joining us on the show. Uh, Also on the program, a longtime friend of the program, your your Oscar buddy, Ed Reed. Love him. Phoning in, and there's lots to talk about with Ed. Of course. As he has, uh, he's not on the physically unable to perform list. The Texans kept him off that, meaning they thought he would come back in the first third of the season. He missed the first two games of the season for the Texans which have been beyond roller coaster for them to fall three touchdowns down on the road on Monday night football and then score the final 24 unanswered to beat San Diego, which then, by the way, goes on the road and beats Chip Kelly in his home debut. Shocking. Where they also had the, the trademark two Charger red zone turnovers. Yeah. Neither of them, by the way, by Philip Rivers, who was spectacular. Week two. I really How did San Diego I, do all of that? I do not know. We'll talk about it at length. I'm just trying to set up the program here. The sure. Texans then go home to take on the Tennessee Titans. They force overtime in the final throws of regulation with a touchdown from Arian Foster and two-point conversion from Arian Foster, who's driving me a little fantasy batty so far. Yeah, me too. As oh, I'm have, watching LaShawn McCoy so, I was gonna say, romp. <laughs> so we have a new LaShawn McCoy this okay. season. Yes. And so uh, they then go into overtime and win it, win it with a touchdown. How exciting was the was that 
and I know Titan fans are saying probably not too exciting, but new overtime rules. New overtime rules. If the old overtime was taking place, and I know one day we will not look at overtimes through the prism of what it used to be, sure. that this will be de facto. This is what, year three of this? Uh, I believe it's year two. In, re- in in the regular oh, in re- season, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That you know, I think year it's year three. I think yeah. it is year three that it has been instituted in the postseason. Yeah, Remember, right, they they, right. they tried a postseason first, and then regular season, right? Because it seemed to be the other way the around. Tebow year was year one, and then he promptly ended it with the touchdown pass. That was three seasons, two seasons ago, three so that, years, right. right? Yes. So, long story short, um, or yeah, two seasons ago and two calendar years, right. um, that if it was the old overtime rules. They would have had Bullock come out and boot that thing from they, – they, they would have been taking knees and setting him up middle of the field. Instead, sure. they tried for the touchdown. They tried for the touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins, holy wow. smokes, he is dynamic, to say the least. The, the catch that he made right inside the five-yard line to set up his game-winning grab in the end zone was eye-popping. And if he plays like that, across from Andre Johnson, and they can run it with Tate and Foster, maybe not in that order, okay? Wow. Look out. There is stuff to talk about with the Texans. Watt, Cushing, they're 2-0, and and Ed Reed is not played down yet. And they go to Baltimore this week where Ray Lewis gets his name in the ring of honor. So there's so much to talk about with Ed. I'm guessing Ed's going to play this week. I don't know. We'll ask him. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll ask him. We'll see what he says. We, I mean, we also got to just the ending of that game in regulation with the the kick, the blocked field, the field goal attempt that was good, but he called a timeout. And then, well, the last four possessions of regulation. I ins- think I sent out a tweet that it was an iced made kick. Yep. Then a blocked kick. Offsides. Offset, overturned, reversed by penalty. Then an iced miss kick, and then off the upright Stoink. to force overtime. Those are the last four snaps of the regulation football Unbelievable. we saw in Reliant. And 22 games through the first two weeks, 22 football games decided by seven or fewer points, which is a record for the first two weeks of an NFL season and ties the record for most in any two-week period in an NFL regular season. I think season. I saw somewhere too. The Texans are the only team to ever start two and zero, winning the game on the last play of the game. Right, I saw that too. Back weeks. I don't know if you saw the stat. Then conversely, are the Bucks the only zero and two team to uh. lose both games on field goals by the opposition with no time left? That's man. And you see Darrell Rivas questioning Shiano now. By or? the way, a lot of teams like that: Patriots, Bucks, Saints. Uh, Texans all could be reversed. Their records could all be reversed. No doubt. The margin of error in this league is so slim. And we talked about it on game day morning on Sunday that the difference between being 1-1 and and 2-0, and your chances of making the playoffs when you start 2-0 and as opposed to 1-1 and improves by 22%, which in a league where you're talking about margin of errors of like 1%, 2%, 22 is off the charts. So... That was the difference between the Titans and the Texans, who were both 1-0 and entering that game. The Titans are the ones who are 1-1. and And I'll tell you, no, another team that's 2-0 and look out for are the Dolphins. Jeez. 
You take a look at the surprise sleeper teams. Again, I, I know it's just two weeks, but this is what we do for a living is we talk football on a week-to-week basis and That's then right. take the week-to-week basis and try and make a larger well, picture it, out of it. It's a week-to-week league. It's probably the only True. one where it is. Well, and Chip Kelly's a perfect example of that. Some people were, were bronzing a bust for him after the Monday night win, and they're right now they're wondering how sustainable this How many different is. segments did we have on Sunday talking about the Eagles? Right. And now the San Diego Chargers go west to east in the supposed short week, and when it's so difficult to win a football game on the early side of things, on the East Coast, it's 10 a.m. mental clock to them. And they take out Chip Kelly in his first game as coach of the Eagles at home by outscoring him, outpacing them. And they could have put on, they could have put up close to 50 if, if Antonio Gates doesn't fumble on the goal line going in and Ryan Matthews doesn't cough it up on the 10-yard line. The, the margin is so tight, but you take a look at just one-eighth of the season in, and you say, these are the teams you should look out for. Don't sleep on them. In the AFC, the Dolphins and the Titans are the two teams, I think. Now, you could sit here and say the Chargers, but that second half of football was so Norv-esque in week one. You've got to see more of a sample size. Sure. But the, Phil Rivers looks like he's correcting whatever issues have been plaguing him the last two seasons. Well, he, still, he still has a Lamar Latrell limp-wristed throwing style. You know, we'll see. I, I don't know what you, what to make of him just yet. I don't right. know. No, I don't either. You know, and Manti Teo hasn't played it down yet. I don't know how much that's going to factor in defensively for them. You have no idea. No idea. But the, the bottom line is uh, the Dolphins are 2-0. and They now head home this week to take on Atlanta, which is a fascinating game on the Week 3 schedule. Fascinating. Because if the Dolphins want to take this to another level this year, which obviously they do, even though the coach says we've got a great team building here, brewing here, he's got a great thing going on right here. But this is a big one because they're home, they're 2-0 and already, on the road, their first two wins are on the road. Now they come home, Miami, and they face Atlanta in a late afternoon window on uh, on Fox. It's the only late game on Fox this week. And this is a big one, man. Taking is, down Atlanta. Is Steven Jackson home. healthy? Steven Jackson's out two to four weeks now. Ooh. I mean, the man who's been plagued by soft tissue injuries in his entire career and still has run over 10,000 yards. You imagine if the guy was healthy, yeah. how many yards he would have. He might even still be on St. Louis. You know he's glad he at least just got that one in the end zone. And Atlanta comes in off of a home game against St. Louis where the, the for about 15, 19 minutes on the clock, just a little over a quarter, we saw what the Rams are working towards where the Rams fell down early because yep. uh, the Falcons, as you know, not only do they play well at home, they always seem to get out of the gate well at home, too. We saw that in the NFC Championship game last year, right? No doubt. We saw that in, in their playoff games. They start great, and then they l- give you an opportunity here. And the Rams played fast. Tavon Austin scored twice. Bradford was 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 doing the hurry-up stuff we see some from some other teams. He was running himself. He nearly damn ran himself out of the game where he got he got smoked uh, in the middle of the field while trying to run for a first down. 
Long story short is the Rams are building towards something. And in the NFC, if you want to talk, they're not really a sleeper team because everyone likes to talk about the NFC West. Right. But the Rams showed you a little flash. And the Dolphins won a game in Indianapolis that, that Andrew Luck has been winning in his career. Yeah. Which is coming out, winning late, certainly at home. Couldn't do it this time. Dolphins took care of business. They're 2-0. and And Tennessee... Uh, we saw some signs of life out of Pittsburgh Monday night in Cincinnati, but they're 0-2, while Tennessee almost was 2-0. Almost 2-0. They play some really tough defense, and they've got a running game. And Locker, if Locker can stay accurate, that's another one of the sleeper teams in the AFC Yeah, right now. for sure. And, you know, Chris Johnson's getting all his carries, and he seems to be getting back to the Chris Johnson we've been accustomed to. And Tennessee hosts San Diego this week. San Diego's got to go back. All the way across east. Let's just take the Harbaugh approach and just stay. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know if they're. You're right. I shouldn't say that. But well, they're they're staying on the Eastern Time Zone, or I guess that's Central, um, Tennessee. I don't know. I don't know how that works. So we'll see. We'll see what tit- the Titans are, and it's a big game. San Diego or Tennessee is going to be either two and one or one and two. Major game. There Which before the season on. you would have never. Never expected. And uh, we will talk about the Sunday night game uh, in a moment, but it should bring up sort of dovetails into who's on the show. Um, I think I said Melman was on this show. He's going to be on later in the week. My bad. I spoke too soon. Peter Melman is not on the show, the uh, longtime producer of Seinfeld. I think we're just going to have that as a standalone show later in the week. There's uh, so Ed, many questions for him. Gotta, I know. Certainly yeah. since you know you're the latex salesman. <laughs> uh, Ed Reed's on the show. Friend of the program, hasn't spoken to too many people because he's rehabbing this hip injury. Right. That is, you know, of it's a sensitive topic because he signs with the team and he's hurt shortly thereafter. And he wants to he wants to prove he's the goods. And of all the times for him to return, why wouldn't it be this weekend? Because Houston is at Baltimore. Sets up perfectly. And Ray Lewis is having a ceremony in his honor as he goes into the ring of honor for the Ravens. They didn't wait too long to do it. First home game is clearly when they're going to raise the banner. That's one ceremony. The next game is when they're putting him in the ring of honor with Ed in the house. The question is, will Ed be in pads and a helmet? We'll ask him to the best of our ability. And we talked about all of these close games. One of them was in western New York, the Buffalo Bills. Down late to Carolina, another team, the small margin of error. Carolina's 0-2. They had Seattle at home, and they were playing Seattle tough. Straight up. They really were. Couldn't pull it out in the fourth quarter. And then in western New York, they were ahead, and E.J. Manuel does this with mere seconds left on the clock. Six seconds. Game on the line right here. Second and one from the two. Manuel, two targets left side. One man to the right. He'll work in the shotgun, the snap. EJ looks left, fires into the end zone, got a man there, touchdown! Stevie Johnson, touchdown, touchdown! He did it, he did it! EJ Manuel did it all the way down the field! The Buffalo Bills Radio Network. That was my highlight this week. So I worked game in the morning and then did a highlight. That's just you being you. Bills Panthers. And the first half of that game... I was already tired, Rich. Mm-hmm. The first half of that game was put you to sleep. Really put me to sleep. Three nothing until Cam Newton finds Greg Olson in the last seconds of the first half, and then that second half really picked up. It was entertaining. Love me some EJ Manuel. Well, he played he played well enough to keep the game close, right? And then EJ Manuel 
uh, marched him down the field, 80-yard drive in a buck 38. Yep. To give the Bills the win 24-23. He almost scored on the scramble the play yeah. before the touchdown pass. He got knocked out of bounds at the two. And E.J. Manuel's on this edition of the Rich Eisen nice. podcast. A solid lineup, if I don't say so. Well, you just did. Well, I did say so. He did. E.J. Manuel is on the show, and we'll talk about how he is uh, faring in just the first two weeks. He could easily be 2-0. and But the Patriots no came up and nipped him in the end. I mean, you take a look at the teams who are 2-0 and and 0-2 and, and how it could be, as you mentioned at the top, vastly different. And that's because 22 of the first 36 games were decided by seven or fewer points. You're, you were there on Thursday night. What did you think of that, Not only Patriots? There, you broke some news. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting L.A. Blast emails. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Rich Eisen reporting. Mark Sanchez. Talk to Mark Sanchez. Yeah. It's so funny to Guy's read. Some, why is it funny to read? Oh, it's just funny because, you know, we always see Ian Rappaport, Mike Silver, Albert Breer. Yeah. And it's direct quotes from at Rich, from Rich Eisen. It was great. It was, I don't know why. I mean, funny. I so how did that happen? No, hold on a minute. I want to, I want to, I want to. I want to find out why Not it's so funny. funny. In a laugh like funny, you. like a clown. I amuse you. Is it <laughs> funny? How? Uh, I got to find one of the emails, I'm dude. Right. I've been, I've guy. been, I've been around. I've been here on the scene. <laughs> By the scene, I mean nationally televised sports in America since 1996. Wow. Mark McGuire faxed his retirement to me before the St. Louis Cardinals knew. Come on, dude. <laughs> I gotta find the I can, email. I can flex my breaking news muscle whenever, uh, whenever it suits. So the quote comes in: Sanchez to Eisen. Quote: I won QB competition. What he said to me. play this season. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. I spoke to San. You know, I spoke to Sanchez, and I was talking to Susie about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was calling her up. Um, well, PTI gave you DAP. Did they? Yeah, I didn't know that. They credited you because I'm thinking. Do I say you know said it to NFL Network? You know, and Sue's like, come on. <laughs> if not you, it's like, who? who? And, and if, if not, not now, now when? when? That's what she sort of gave me that speech. Yeah. But I give you the speech, I give you. She's just like, come on. Everybody does this. Never it's expected. I'm like, okay. So I spoke to Mark Sanchez 90 minutes ago. Um, what what I think when I saw there, I thought that they're, they're, the Patriots are not an offensive team anymore. And that's what Vince Wilfork said to us after the game right. on our postgame show. Vince Wilfork said, essentially, we're a defensive team right now. And if that's the way it's got to be, that's the way it's got to be. Kind of like the early days. He said it's been different around here. And and he intimated that those blowout wins against opponents like the Jets, and by when I say like the Jets, I mean a team on the road with a rookie quarterback who's trying to find his footing with an offensive roster that, that might even be worse than what the Patriots are putting on the field right now outside of Tom Brady. And, you know, so... Will Fork said back in the day, blowing those teams out may not have done much of a service to the team when the chips were down in January, and you've got to play close games, and they're not used to doing that. And he thinks these types of of games will forge a better result maybe down the road. We'll find out if that's the truth, but right now Brady is Brady's out there with like a, a he's bringing the knife to the gunfight. Well, I, I love Will Fork's approach, but what else is he going to say? He's not going to say. Well, we're just not that good. He's going to look no, at the positive. No, but it, I, no, but what I think what he said was I didn't feel like I was being shined. Yeah, you know, I I thought that that was legitimately how they're thinking in the locker room right now, and that's 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 legit, you know, and and 
they need Gronk back in the worst possible way. They have no red zone threat. And they need yeah. these kids that he's throwing to outside the numbers to grow up. You know, and Dobson caught it the touchdown pass, and he caught one other one the rest of the night, and the rest it was it was it was stone hands. Yeah. And did. Kembrell Tompkins needs to needs to run better routes. And, and that great catch. Julian Edelman is not, you know, is not going to be the guy who can can catch 13. He caught 13 balls for less than 80 yards. So nobody's stretching the field. And he might be moving some chains. But this week they take on the Bucks, who went toe to toe with the Saints this week and, and may not have Deshaun Goldston in the secondary because he was fined for for. And suspended. He's going to appeal it. I don't know if that's going to be overturned, but it looks like they won't have him. And the Bucks are bringing Revis, and Revis is talking about Chiano's approach. I said this on game day morning when we were talking about Chip Kelly's offense and how it might be sustain. What you know, questioning its sustainability. Right, right. And I, they were all, all the guys, Kurt and Sap, Irv, Mooch, Marshall, talking about. The sustainability physically, mentally, and and the offense and how it might get picked up on by defensive units toward the middle of the season when there's more tape on it. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what's going to make it sustainable? Winning. Winning. Because you look at Shiano last year when they were, when they were rush, bum-rushing Eli's knee, right? And people were sort of up in arms about it, and then they go on that run with Doug Martin and that offense, and they start winning games. Suddenly, Shiano went from a punk from college who looks at the elder statesman of the NFL and Tom Coughlin, defending Super Bowl champ, and does that to his quarterback. Went from that to he's bringing a certain tone. He's a tone setter. He's a culture changer. They're winning. Now they're losing. Guess what? Not so much anymore. He, He looks like a raving lunatic on the sideline. Okay. Something's going on down there. And, you know, with, with, with Josh Freeman, he mentions how he's late to a press conference. You know what? And, and I'm not a, I don't mind that stuff. Yeah. I don't mind that stuff. People criticize him for doing that, right? Right. But then, you know, how many times we criticize coaches saying, I'm not talking about it, we'll keep it in-house? He decided not to keep it in-house. Now, he, people say that means he doesn't want him as the quarterback there anymore. Maybe he wants him as the quarterback, and he's going to tell him, this is the way we're doing things around here. If you're not going to show up for team meetings, you're going to sleep in and you're going to blow off a photo, well, we're going to let people know about that. And if my private shaming does not work, let's try this. So I have no idea what that means to the larger picture for Josh Freeman. All I know is a middle of all of that, they darn near have started 2-0, and but they're 0-2. Big difference as they go to New England this week. The Akib Talib Bowl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Off his two fourth quarter picks of Geno Smith. Like Garrett Blunt Bowl. That's an it yes it is. It's an interesting week three matchup that the Bucks need to win in the worst way. The worst way. There's no other way to put it. Another last second um touchdown of which to speak, your league co star, sir. Yes, Mr. Jay Cutler. With whom you are appearing on the league Wednesday night. Wednesday night, 10.30 on FXX. Yes. And we'll Cut- see. Cutler, my pick in our picks competition that we'll hit shortly, mm-hmm. I had the Vikings. Felt really good you, about you, that. You lone wolfed that one, I lone too. wolfed it. Uh, I lone wolfed it 
in the game day uh, in, in in our pool that we have straight up with the folks on on the set. Yeah. With our game day morning and game day highlights and finals producers and Dion's in it, Mooch is in it. And uh, I lone wolf the Vikings, too. I'm feeling really good about it. Going in, uh, the Vikings got the uh, Cordero Patterson kickoff return to start it. Yep. And then they couldn't stop Devin Hester. How do teams kick to him anymore is beyond me. Is beyond me. Did he tie Dion? The, he's the greatest kick returner ever. But he hasn't. And that's not hyperbole. He, well, because people are kicking, him fr- kicking away from him. Uh, it's smart football. It is. It is. Because look what he does. He <laughs> said his personal best in return yards on Sunday. Why would you do that? Every time the Vikings hit him with something, they hit him, they hit him you know, with Ponder struggling offensively in the first half of that game. They hit him special teams and defensive touchdowns. And both times afterwards, kicking it off, Devin Hester put it on the plus side of the field. Unbelievable. In fact, he didn't score. Is beyond me. But Cutler got it done, man. Cutler got it done. Cincinnati came in, leading that game late, week one, Soldier Field. Can we can we just talk you for won. a second? That- Cutler, wait a second. Week two, last second. Yeah. Beat a division opponent. They are two and zero atop the NFC North. Going into week number three. But we've seen this before out of them the last few years. Hey. And then Cutler gets hurt, and then they go in the tank. And they're going to Pittsburgh. Matt Forte looks invigorated. Too. I mean, he's... They should beat Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Now, listen, Pittsburgh defensively was putting the bang thing on Andy Dalton Monday night. They were. And, but they have no offense. And this is the uh, Rich Eisen fantasy bad beat story number one of 2013. <laughs> Needing uh, five points out of A.J. Green to tie and six to win, got four. Just four. So I was a one-point loser week two of fantasy in the Fishmonger League, where I am one and one. I'm 0-2 in in the retired Orangeman fantasy football. So, um, but Pittsburgh, you saw it defensively, they looked much more dynamic. Much more dynamic. Troy Palmolo looks good. And if there's any team that has protection issues... It's all. It's the past few years. It's been the Bears. They got those young kids on one side of the the line that are going to be tested, to say the least, by Dick LeBeau. And Mike Tomlin's press conference was stellar after the Monday night game. Always is stellar. Yeah, where he said, you know, we don't like it. It's zero two, but we're going to wear it. We don't like it. We're going to fix it. And they've got the Bears coming in. Bears should win this game. Bears should win this football game, and if the Steelers start zero and three, let me just th- let me just throw this out to all the uh, folks who are calling for some reason for Mike Tomlin's head in Pittsburgh. Are people doing that? Yes, yes, that's crazy. Yes, there was uh, a probably Ross- the same people calling for Kirk Cousins to start <laughs> in Washington. I, I mean, seriously, there people have done this. We'll get to that. I yeah. saw on Twitter on Monday night. People retweeting um, wow. Steeler comments. Let me tell you something. Speaking on behalf of every team, fan of a team, who is struggling right now with coaches who we won't call out, but we all know may not cut it in the NFL or haven't cut it or shouldn't cut it in the NFL or should be cut from being <laughs> head coaches in the NFL. 
Speaking on behalf of all those fans of those teams, I say to all the Steeler fans who want Tomlin out, please do it. I'll take him. Right. No question. That guy's going to be a head coach as long as he wants, wherever he wants, for the rest of his days on planet Earth in the NFL. Yep. End of story. So, and the Steelers, I know, aren't listening to those folks. The Steelers are people who, I mean, the Roonies, they change, they change coaches like, like NASA changes spacecraft. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's sure. like once every 30, 40 years. Three coaches in the last 40 years? Since I've been alive. Yeah. Since I've been alive. And I'm 44. Which is incredible. Bears should win that game. Bears should be 3-0, and man. How about Martellus Bennett? And can we just talk for a second about the fact that he has a pet schnauzer named Sebastian Janikowski? Is that right? And how great that is. <laughs> I didn't know that. They mentioned that a few times on the broadcast. That's awesome. He's come up huge, though. I mean, he had two oh, huge catches. Two huge catches on that, dr- on, that on that drive, drive to win the game. Man. Big win. Big win. So um, we've got lots to talk about. And let's get started with our guest, because he's on the phone line right now, correct? Yes, sir. It's always interesting to catch up with this guy. Never know what you're going to get when the phone rings and it's Ed Reed on the other line. He's a longtime friend of the program. He's just a friend, period, uh, who happens to be a future Hall of Fame safety in this league, a defending uh, world champion, now with another team that's going to play the team that is the defending world champions on a day that his longtime friend and compadre, not only from the U, but from the Ravens' glory years, goes into the ring of honor. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Ed Reed. How are you, Ed? I'm doing good, Rich. How's it going, man? I'm doing fine. Where are you? Where do we find you? I'm in Texas, man, driving in my car, about to go pick up some lunch. And what are you picking up? Um, this place called Highland Grill. It's really good down here. So I'm, um, it's a place I was eating at during training camp a lot. <laughs> okay. So that's, what, what are you getting? What, what can I, what, what? Um, it's a grilled chicken pizza. Okay. Got some special sauce that they put on it, man. So I'm going over there and grab some lunch real quick and head to this meeting. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good for one of those. If you wouldn't mind, just you know, uh, letting them freeze dry it and send it out to Los Angeles. Hey, when the network comes down to Texas, I'll go ahead and get it for you, man. Okay. Very good. So, Ed, uh, the question of the hour is uh, whether you're going to be able to play for the Texans this weekend. Your uh, your old coach, John Harbaugh, says he would be, quote-unquote, surprised if you don't. Your current coach, Gary Kubiak, says the arrow on your rehab is pointing way up. What would you say right now as you go or driving uh, to go get lunch the Tuesday before the game at Baltimore? I mean, the best thing about the rehab is that, you know, we've been working up the whole time, you know, the arrow has been pointing up. We haven't had any setbacks, you know. And, um, you know, i just been day-to-day, week-to-week, you know. Um, I, I basically just work out before every game so thus far, you know. And um, like I told the reporters here, you know, it's just a matter of me getting that soreness and tightness out that I've been having, you know. And um, it's, it's been getting better, you know. It's gotten a lot better. You know, obviously over the weeks and um, it gets better with rest. You know, and uh, we got to be smart about it, being smart about it. You know, and um, it's just, you know, we really want to prepare for the longevity, you know, why they brought me here. You know, um, this team has aspirations, you know, to win the championship. You know, and that's, I know, what we're shooting for. You know, and it's a long way from now. You know, and uh, me, me being in the league for as long as I've been in the league, know that. 
it takes a lot. You know, it puts a lot of strain on the body. You know, and you got to be smart about what you're doing. You know, I'm not 25 anymore. You know, 35 now. You know, so I, I know I got to be a lot smart about what I do physically. Well, that's being smart about it. This week, I'm sure your heart is telling you, boy, of all the places that you'd love to make your debut and all the days to make your debut at Baltimore on a day that Ray's going into the Ring of Honor, uh, that would have to be the one you circle on the calendar. How much is that going to factor into your decision, Ed? None, none at all. You know, um, you know, everything that transpired between me and the Ravens business, you know, um, I had a great career there. You know, I never saw myself playing against the Ravens, so, you know, nothing in my heart, my soul, you know, that's urging me to play, you know, I know I know what I came here for. You know, I know what I can do on the football field. You know, and I know what I will do on the football field this year. It's just a matter of when. You know, um, I know it's a special day because, yeah, my boy is going in the ring of honor and, and, and more than deserved, you know, for him. You know, um, I, I always picture myself being, you know, on the sideline watching that happen, you know, at halftime or something, you know. So, you know, it's, it's nothing that, that, that urged me to, to play this week. You know, I didn't circle this on the calendar. I said it early in the off season that, you know, with my rehab, I'm not preparing to play, you know, against San Diego or, you know, Tennessee or even the Ravens. You know, it's about being there for the long haul, you know, being part of the team when, you know, it really counts, and that's the playoffs and then the Super Bowl, AFC Championship game. So regardless of whether you play this weekend, are you, you, you'll you be there, right? You're going to travel with the team this weekend? Yeah, I travel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go to every game uh, thus far. And, you know, I, I you know, just motivating the guys, encouraging the guys, coaching them up. You know, um, that's, that's, that's more to me than just playing on the field. You know, um, I, I help the guys out, you know, um, telling the situations, what we need, you know, motivating them, encouraging them. You know, just like I would be on the football field, but more from a coach's perspective. You know, um, I learned a lot from Ray. You know, I mean, him always talked a lot, especially when one of us was injured. You know, you get to see a lot. You know, football, you see it differently. You know, when you sit in your seat, you know, uh, or sitting where Ray is sitting at now, you see the game differently. You know, you be able to, to talk about it different. You know, um, and, and people tend to respect you a little bit different when you're, when you're an analyst versus a player. You know, you, you break the guy, the game down different, especially when you play the game, you know, and you're in the game. You know, you get to see you get to see it a lot different than being in the game as a player. So what are you seeing from your Texans team so far? It, it's a 2-0 and team, um, but uh, the, the, the two have been uh, hard fought. <laughs> you needed to play all 60 minutes in, in one yeah. and more than 60 minutes in another. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been born burners, like playoff atmosphere for us. You know, and um, it's a lot of growth. I think we have a lot that we have to do for us growing, you know, and that's that's the process that you go through in the season. You know, um, that, that's a lot of things that we need to do as players, you know, to to, to get to where we want to go. And, and as coaches, too. You know, I think the coaches, you know, um, you know, from, from where I've come from, from things I've seen over the years through a lot of coaches, you know, there's, there's room for, for us to improve on that end as well. You know, so it's just a matter of of, of humbling ourselves and, and and being able to to want to take 
critique. You know, you want to be criti- criticized. You don't want to be criticized. You want to be critiqued on, you know, how can you get better? You know, and that that's the biggest thing that, you know, I, that I see, you know, that we, we all can get better. Where does J.J. Watt rank among the players that you've played with and seen on the field against? Oh, J.J. is a big boy, man. You know, he he kind of, he reminds me a lot of when Andre Johnson first came to Miami. You know, it's like a man amongst boys. You know, and uh, I mean, he's a hard worker. You know, and I, I just try to help him as much as possible. Let him know, man, it's a long season. You know, be mindful of all the all the training that you do. You know, he he's young, man, so he just want to work and he wants to get better. You know, every day. You know, he wants to get better every day. You know, and uh, he 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 also has room for improvement. You know, believe it or not, man, as 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 B says, he is. He has a lot. Of, a lot of room for improvement, man, and I'm sure he will because, like I said, all J.D. wants to do is just get better. Well, I know you were all, um, taking on the Titans. You were in Reliant when the Ravens took on the Browns, and you know you know, you throw records out when uh, you're facing division opponents. But you definitely, I'm sure, watched the Ravens opener just like the rest of the country against Peyton Manning. What were your thoughts watching that game of your former teammates and how they looked? Oh, you know, I thought I thought they started off great. You know, I thought they were playing really good um, early in the game. And then once uh, Michael Orr went down, Jacoby went down, you know, the, the, the aura of the team kind of came down with that. And, um, you know, I just thought, I thought, you know, it kind of got out of hand once, you know, you know um, once the second half kind of started, you know, they, they didn't move the ball as well. You know, and then didn't help the defense out. You know, it, it, but it's the ultimate team sport. You know, you need both to go. You know, and I know those guys know that. You know, and um, I mean, to start on the road, your your your, your first game. You know, I think that was tough too, going back to Denver, knowing that Denver had so much emotional, <clears throat> so much emotion going into that game. They didn't want to lose that game either. That was like Denver's championship. You know, from for what happened last year. So, um, I, I, just a few more questions because it sounds like you're parking, and I don't want to hold you from lunch. Ed. Um, Michael Irvin said on game day morning that the Ravens looked like they missed you and and Ray, and because you guys could get the defense uh, settled and ready pre-snap in real time with the time with the play clock winding down, and not only that, but that Irv has seen how. Ray would lead the team and making sure that everybody watched film and how to watch film and how to prepare. Would you agree with that? Um, you know, they're, they're a different team now. You know, um, you could say that, but they were going into a different direction anyway. You know, we knew Ray was going to retire, you know, not knowing the situation that was up with me, but you know, the, the team was going in a different direction. They're a totally different team now, you know, and uh, other guys got to be professionals, and I'm sure Coach is telling them guys that, you know, and they, they knew that going into the season, you know. So, I mean, you could say that they miss us and, and things, are, things are not the same, you know, but, I mean, that's just the nature of the business, you know, and how it goes, you know. So, it's always been the next man up, you know, over there, and I know how, how the organization works. I'm good. And um, so, I mean, you know, guys got to be professionals and guys have to do their job. And, 
learn how to work together, you know, and be a cohesive group. Before you order your lunch, what's your favorite Ray Lewis story? Do you have one? I already, I already ordered it. <laughs> oh, you're already, oh, you're picking uh, up. You're picking up. See, that's you. Yeah, uh, that's man. me. That's that's. I, I should have figured that out, that you'd, you'd call in and you're just picking up. So, yeah, I call in, man. It's a little crazy, man. You go anywhere. And they're like, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no hat. <laughs> but um, oh, so wait. Are you sorry, Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Before you answer this question, Ed, are you a uh-huh. are you a regular there? Are you like Norm walking into Cheers at this place? Yeah. They know your yeah. order. They know that yeah. you normally wear a hat. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the owner. The owner knows me, man. He always uh, he always shake my hand, man, hook me up or whatnot. He's good people. Um, favorite Ray Lewis story. I would have to say it's in the off season. <laughs> favorite story of Ray is probably in the off season. Me, him, and Monty Sanders working out. I mean, just killing our workouts. And um, me and Monty talking upstairs at Ray's house in Florida. And um, me and Monty like, man, we got to talk to Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> you know, we got to talk to him about these workouts. You know, we feel like we're being overworked. And as we saying that, Ray walks in and is like, hey, man, I think we should try this workout. You know, and do this and do that, <laughs> and we was like, "Hey, man, we got to take a break." You know, we we feel like we we overtraining. You know, <laughs> what do you say? We had to have a discussion, man. We had to sit down. You know, we sat down after that, after playing some Madden and stuff for a while. You know, and um, finally, it was like, "All right, man, let's go do this twelve minute twelve minute run." <laughs> So, like training with Ray, that's your favorite memories of 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 being a teammate of his. Oh man, that he's Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant he's Slaughter. Sergeant, we, he was Sergeant Slaughter, man. He, be, he was like Sergeant Slaughter, man, the whole time. What do you think it's going to be like when you watch him go in Sunday? Um, it, I mean, it'll be awesome, but you know, I'll probably be in the locker room, man. You know, I I don't know how they do that. I think it's done. Yeah, it will be happening. Uh, You'll be in the locker room. But what do you think? I mean, you know Ray. You know the scene. You know it better than anyone else. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you just went Bluetooth on me. You just connected. So what do you? I mean, you, you know that place better than you know that place better than most. What What do you think it's going to be like? Oh man, it's going to be it's going to be wild, man. I, it's going to be it's going to be loud. You know, the bank will be loud. You know, I know that. You know, especially after how the game transpired last year between the two teams. You know, so I know the bank will be loud. I know those guys will be up, you know, and ready to play. I know a little extra study and stuff will be going on. You know, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. It's football. At the end of the day, it's just football. So, Ed, I guess when you say that you you won't see Ray go in because you'll be in the locker room, that, that means I shouldn't ask you how the Vanilla Ice halftime concert went last week, correct? You were not present for that? I mean, I know, Ed, you've only been there just a few months. You haven't played yet, but you got to exert your influence there in the halftime acts. you gotta, you got to put your stamp on this, Ed. Hey, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to put my stamp on things, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough when you're a visitor. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you're part of the team, and in that regard, I got to say, just finishing up, you, you know, I know you, you you sound like a man who's not playing this weekend. Is that fair to say? Like I say, Rick, I've been day to day, week to week. You know, if I knew it, and I can answer that question, I would, man. But I'm day to day, I'm week to week. I hear you, Ed. I appreciate you letting us uh, call you and speak to you in the middle of your your lunch run. You're a good man. We love having you on. Always, man. You know you're my boy, Rick. I know. Hey, and uh, and we got Brockman here, your your red your red carpet buddy. He wants to say hi to you too. Your Oscar red carpet. Buddy. Ed, what's happening, buddy? And what's going on, man? Still one of the greatest days of my life, man. Hey, we got to do it again, man. Hey, let's go. Let's make it happen. We're back. If you want a regular spot there, Ed, I can I can definitely get that done. Yeah, the Academy I liked him. I think I'm the guy for that, man. You are the guy for that, and I think we need to establish a tradition, unlike any other. Edit, you're if you want to go back, we'll, we'll that's a that's we'll rip the knob off on that right now. If you want to go back, although you have to change your your tux, Ed. The, yeah, this is the purple the tux. Purple, won't the work. purple's got to be out, so we got to get a new color. Hey, man, purple's prestigious, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of compliments on that. Oh yes, absolutely, you did. That and the watch, right? Yeah, and the watch too. And the and the custom, uh, yeah. the, the monogramming of outstanding time, buddy. Can't wait to do it again. Definitely, yeah. We can do it after um, the Super Bowl in midlife. After I finish up with that. Ah, perfect. There you go. I like the cut of your jib, Ed Reed. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it and uh, enjoy lunch. All right, man. Y'all take care. You bet. That's Ed Reed of the Houston Texans joining us here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Ed Reed, everybody. Best ever. He is. They, they broke the mold. He definitely didn't want to talk about his hip. Yeah, it, and he basically said, like, he sort of said to me at the end um, that he, he's just like, listen, if I could give you an answer, I would. And But he sounds like a guy who's not playing this weekend. He definitely sounded like he was unsure. I mean, he said it's gone up to the final minute. Each, each of the past few weeks. But so. he's right, though. He's so right. He's right. They're 2-0. and Now, I understand that they could have used him either of these two games. It might not have been as close. But if he's not 100%, he's not helping anybody out. And if he can be, if he can come back week six, week seven. Yeah. Or week five, I think even. The, the last thing he wants to do, too, is come back and get play hurt in again. front of Baltimore and have a bad game and be exposed and possibly get hurt again. You know, he if he were if he were healthy, he would come back and make a statement in well, this I game. I believe him that the Baltimore thing doesn't matter to him. I, I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, we've met him. It doesn't matter to him. We've met him. I don't back. think. I don't think it really like he where he he said it's business. You know. Yeah. I really believe him that he's not sitting here steaming, angry. I agree. All of that. That he just knows it's business and that he knows he's part of the Ravens family for the rest of his life when he does hang him up. That's why I love that answer when we told him he's going to have to get a different tux. He was like, no, man. <laughs> he loves Purple's prestigious? Or... Purple is prestigious. <laughs> Look, I was, ju- okay. I was just at that stadium. There are still pictures and banners of right. Ed Reed all over the place. So I don't believe he feels, you know, and Bashadi's not one of those guys, you know, we've met him. He's no, not one of those right. guys that's like, I'm going to stick it up, you know, yeah, I'm going to stick it to him. No, he's one of those guys that you understand what's going on. Ozzy's the same way. I don't. I truly believe him when he says that it, do, like it doesn't matter to him that this would be the game that he's circled. What matters to him is he wants to win again. Now, that he would love to do. That he wouldn't mind saying, okay, you know, you didn't want to keep me. 
he, I, I think that might be part of his motivation. He wants to win again. He sure. wants to be. He wants to be like Dion, or or our friend Ken Norton Jr. Right, which is winning multiple Super Bowls for different teams in back to back years. And so that that's what he wants to do. And the way to do that is to be strong in November and December. And no playing doubt. right now doesn't matter. I, I believe that's what's happening right now. And I know that John Harbaugh says that he expects to see him out there. I just I heard a guy that's not playing this weekend. And the Texans being 2-0 and makes it a little yeah, do, easier do for Ed really, to kind of sit tight. Do they need Ed in this game? I well, mean, Ray Rice banged up, might not play. They've looked awful. I mean, the Ravens have not looked good. But, you know, co- coaches and teams and players don't sit there and no. go, well, we've this seen how win. they look, no, and, you're right, you're right. and, and sure. we don't really need you this week. And because we all know that the, the Chip Gay, hey, Eagle fan, you just saw this week, week to week, how different things are. I mean, there's and, some coaching – there were some – Bad, bad clock management there at the end on multiple accounts. And everybody thought Andy Reid was the only <laughs> well, one who couldn't manage a clock for yeah. the Eagles at the end. Yeah, it's true. Or and look who's coming to town this week. How awesome is that? And Marshall Falk said on game day final on Sunday that Andy Reid comes to Philadelphia with a better team than the last time he was in Philadelphia. And that's the truth. They're they're solid. That's the truth. Now, short week. Short week on the What's road. What's going to happen? We're picking this game later on this show. Yeah, for sure. We're picking this game. Get ready. I'm not asking you now. I know. But get ready. What a great, big, fat, juicy way to start week three on our network. So pumped. Leaving for Philly tomorrow. Oh, where are you going to go? You got a, you got a restaurant oh, or a dude, I steak just, place? Uh, it's called... Room service. It's called hotel. Hotel. Don't leave. May- Mayock's not treating you guys at his at his castle. That's yeah, odd. Mayock hasn't reached out. No. Ah, well, weird. No. Close no. to the vest this I don't week. Know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. That is a home game for Mayock. It is. He'll still be angry about something. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way for things to start. Zero and two team, Washington Redskins. Oh, man. I mean. The three of us could go out there, put on some hats, and probably score 40 on them. Think about it. Everybody talks about what RG3 looks like, and there's even talk in D.C. about Kirk Cousins starting because of how RG3 is maybe hurting in the same manner in which I, I just mentioned how Ed Reed is probably thinking I shouldn't go out there unless I'm X percent to use the ultimate, um, to use the ultimate, I guess, cliche well there was even this week a, a shanahan even undressed a reporter in the uh in the press conference yeah that was who really asked funny. the question about kirk cousins saying people in town are saying <laughs> right. you know and he basically said well are you are you asking the question or or, or people in town asking the question so that's that's an owen two response from a head coach yep because all head coaches know exactly certainly as being as long as long as mike shanahan know what a yes or no question sounds like, knows what those types of questions from reporters sound like. Reporter, reporters have been asking forever questions of controversial nature by uh, positing it from other, other people, people, what others are saying. And I'm just asking you to respond. You know, I'm hearing around town Exactly. That. Scuttlebutt discussion, asking you your thoughts on it, because not my thoughts. So you shame the reporter into basically asking the director, Direct, direct question is, should Kirk Cousins be this quarterback? Are you thinking of going to the quarterback? He said, no. 
But you could see RG three when he when he's running out of the pocket, when he's spinning, pirouetting uh, from the snap point to whatever part of the field that he's rolling out to. He looks a step slower. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. There's no question about it. And Michael Irvin said it on game day morning, Sunday morning, that the Redskins needed to put RG3 at risk, meaning run the same offense, run him the same way, just put him out there and just do it. I don't know if he's physically capable of doing it. And when you're on the road against an offense uh, uh, marshaled by um, Aaron Rodgers at the top of his game, guy threw almost 400 yards in the first half, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And all we're seeing positive out of the Redskins' offense is when it's all over. The the right. uh, the, the A-Rod eighth-inning solo <laughs> shot down seven yep. is what we're seeing out of the Redskins' offense right now. Yep. And, um, and now Washington moves week. on. Week number three, Washington is home for Detroit, which lost in Arizona, one of the games that I picked correctly last week. Man, Washington's got to win that one. If Detroit goes in and beats Washington in FedEx Field, dropping the 0-3, I'd be stunned. I would be stunned. They were 3-6 last year, right? But how is Washington's defense going to stop? Yeah, that's true. I don't know if Reggie Bush is going to be available. He hurt his knee. But still, Jacques Bell's looked great filling in. I mean, you've said this multiple times with McNabb calling out RG3 for saying too much. and I mean, he he had a campaign with Adidas about ready for week one. Like weeks after the injury, oh, dude, it's the operation patient shirts. I mean, the, like you, everybody, every it, the operation patience t-shirts. Yeah. Op, and again, this is the difference between winning and losing in the NFL. If he comes out and wins, it's like how cool is that? He had this operation patience. Like everybody, just relax. You know, because the, the the context of those t-shirts were all like everybody relax. We all have to be patient. I'm not playing in the preseason or. That's my way of reminding me to be patient. I want to be out there for y'all. I want to be I want to be there for you fans. But we're being patient because it's all worth it with what's about to happen. I mean, that's That the, was the context yeah. of these shirts. And then when you come out and you yeah. look like what somebody should look like coming off of ACL surgery with no preseason snaps and you do it two games in a row, and your defense can't stop anybody because you're three and outing them back on the field every now and then. Or they can't stop anybody because maybe they're just not not that good. Suddenly, those Operation Patience t-shirts. Operation Panic. Not a very good idea. Yeah. And be that as it may, he is still, in my mind, a rock star deserving of that status. They are 0-2. Let us see how strong he can get. Because last year they made the playoffs after starting slow, too. You mean you did see some incredible plays out of RG3 Sure, early but they on. weren't winning. Later on, they took off. Just going to. We'll see. Put it that, that, all that said, they better win this home game against Detroit. <laughs> they better win the home game against Detroit. Another 0-2 team is in that division. The Giants. The Giants, who... Despite six turnovers, still could have won in Dallas. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> well, we had some a, sound there. Yeah, that there's, was a, be... there's a mute button on the computer. Well, you know what that is? That's a cowboy fan that emailed in saying I didn't talk about the Cowboys on the show because the Cowboys, the Cowboys did it did did their usual thing offensively the first two games 
which is the game one, sort of Des Bryant disappeared. Game two, he was great, and they didn't run enough. And Des had a bonehead drop late in the game. Well, Des, Des just showed you how he could just take a game over. But they still couldn't get it in the end zone, and they still couldn't be balanced enough. And after the game, Garrett said that all those pass plays, Romo was, was checking to him quite a bit. And they have to let him know, you've got to be balanced. DeMarco Murray touches the ball 20 times, they win. He doesn't, they lose. So running, Ga- so Garrett, it, running it 20 plus, that's the stat. Right. Nine times in, 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 in his career. But that's Garrett kind of, kind of throwing Romo under the, the hay train there, you know? Well, that's a Bill Callahan now. Well, too, I mean, right? it's just Calm like place. if the coach is asked, where, where, you know, where's the balance? If this stat is that your guy who runs it, when healthy, runs it 20 or more times, you win every time. Why aren't you running it with him healthy 20 times every time? If that is the formula, if that works, maybe it's not foolproof, but if that's what it is, why are you not doing it? Especially when you're on the road and this Tom Ali guy is treating Doug Free like he's a turnstile on Times Square. Marshall I mean, said that on yeah. in the meeting. Yeah. So if that's the case, where, where's, where's the running game? Now, again, that's one of those things where if Romo marches him down the field and they kick a field goal at the end, we're talking about what a great road win by the Dallas Cowboys. Margin of error, people. Margin of error. They're one and one. And Dallas now goes home to take on St. Louis. That is a fascinating week three game. St. Louis can absolutely win that football game. Definitely. Absolutely win that football game. While the Giants went home and, uh, you know, is that any surprise? No. With what we saw? Definitely not. Close game first half, just like the Ravens had against Denver, and then pedal to metal second half, adios muchacho. I think you, uh, your boy Schefter made a, an interesting point yesterday of uh, of if, if Tom Coughlin can bench a playmaker like David Wilson for two fumbles, which obviously he doesn't have the career accolades of Eli Manning. Eli Manning has seven interceptions. I mean, you're not going to bench Eli Manning, let's be honest. Of course but, not. I mean, at some point, some things have to change there. David, I mean, David Wilson give you explosive plays. He got no carries against See, interceptions to me is a is – a, um... It's a stat that needs to be inspected. I agree. Okay, because tip balls and tip balls and 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 wrong and routes, wrong routes exactly. Yeah. Okay, Fair and enough. and or great throws where cornerbacks or defensive backs make a great play. Sometimes it happens. That's what Tomlin said in the post game press conference Monday night. A couple of times when they talked about how things didn't go Pittsburgh's way, and he said a couple of times, "Hey, that's just another." It's a good team across the way doing their job. They execute. Pittsburgh could have went up 10 nothing, and Pac-Man Jones strips the tight end inside the 10, changes the momentum of the game. Yeah, they were going in. Yeah, they were going in. They were going in to go up two scores. Yeah. Potentially. But the Giants, you know, it's rare to see Pittsburgh and the Giants 0-2. How rare, you ask? Go ahead and ask. How rare is that? Rare? It's, rare. it's quite rare. The last time it happened, 1970. Wow. The year after the merger was the last time both the Giants and the Steelers, the reason why Rooney Mara is called Rooney Mara, the Giants and Steelers, wow. 1970. Good stat. Last time they started 0-2 together. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But you know who's not 0-2? Do you think one of those teams makes the playoffs? Maybe, because did you see that on on the stat that ESPN had? The times that the Steelers start 0-2, each and every time. They make it? They were over 500 by the season's end. 
One year they went 10-5-1. and one. I don't know, though, man. I, saying, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know if I see uh, that. That's what Steve Young said after the game, that Tomlin said the answer's in the locker room because the problem is that I don't think the answer's in the locker room. That's the issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. And again, like I said moments ago, they take on the Bears at home, and uh, Bears should win that game. Should. They should win that game. You know, but you know who's not 0-2 are the Buffalo Bills. Carolina's 0-2. People wondering if what's the deal with their offense because they struggled against Seattle. And we saw how Seattle took care of business. Wow. Against the 49ers. Are we going to talk about that right now? Why not? Statement. Before we get to E.J. Manuel, because he's a few minutes away from calling in. Yep, he's about three and a half out, I think. So, I mean, talk about a big boy pants game. Who saw that coming? Well, Seattle fans would tell you they did. Sure. 29-3 to final. I watched that game at a Seattle bar. Seattle fans are in. What do you mean, like a Los Angeles? Yeah, Los Angeles-based, like, Seattle bar where people from Seattle, Seattle fans go. They have a gigantic Seahawk, like, guy blow up outside. They put a 12th man flag outside, and everyone in there is decked out. I saw Steve Largent jerseys and Joey Galloway jerseys. It was crazy. I'll tell you what. Every time I tweet something about them, they go, Seattle Seahawks fans go nuts. Go nuts. Nuts. And how about I'll do this right now? I'm going to tweet out right now the following. Because I believe it. I know. You can even hear me typing. Okay. I'll tweet this out right now. I know, you know, hold on a minute. Our computer stinks. (laughs) Stinks. Stinks. I know it's just two games. But the at Seahawks are the best team in the NFL right now. So what's the over-under on retweets? But 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 I think... The Seahawks are the best team in the NFL right now. Over under retweets. What do you think? Well, we have to give it a time limit because... After the EJ Manuel conversation. I plan on going about 12 minutes with him. Okay. And Seahawks fans, you know, I'll get a bunch of... Just so you understand, I'll get a bunch of like, Oh, Captain Obvious, what they just did. You know, there's all these trolls. (laughs) You got to hashtag it 12th man, though. Or go Hawks. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I can't say go Hawks. I'm not a fan. 12th man. I'm a reporter. I'm making an observation. Right. I know sure, it's sure. just two games. I need to give that caveat because people are like, it's so early. <laughs> okay. I'm giving an opinion. Now, you may have a problem with my opinion. You know, and a lot of fans will. Why aren't you talking about my Raiders? They could be 2-0. and <laughs> Okay. I get all of that. Right. And I try to ignore a lot of that. But, here's, but the people who are just the absolute most rabid followers on Twitter... And the way they respond are Seahawks fans. I said the same thing during the game, and I got a lot of... Uh, All right, so over under on in, in 14 and a half minutes, approximately. 500. 500. No, 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 no. It I, won't be like that. I got I go I mean, I'm not, I'm not like I'm not like, you know... I'm going to say 119. I don't know, man. If It'll not, definitely be over 100. I say 119. Okay. I think... And the tweet is away. All right. But they are, I mean, defensively, they absolutely smoked them. Smoked him, and Marshawn Lynch went beast mode, and that's why I lost to A.J. Green. I was up by 30-some-odd points. I was, I was going against Marshawn Lynch and Anquan Bolden, who got bageled. Bageled. Yep. Legion of Boom lowered it on everybody, and and he got one point? I think he got one reception for seven yards. He might have had one the late. Well, that's all... the one-point difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we don't we don't do decimal points. But Lynch, Lynch scored over thirty points in my league. He scored over thirty points in mine too, and he's fun to watch, man. Th- he's fast. 
Yeah, deceptively. And if if that passing game gets going, dude, Percy Harvin, he comes back. How can you not think it's a wrap? Nobody's beating him up there. Well, they didn't look very good in week one, though. I well, they got to win on the road. That's true. And poor- at, at Seattle, if they get home field for the playoffs, it's over. They're going to the Super Bowl. Now, poor Jacksonville has to. <laughs> they stayed on the West Coast after losing in Oakland and barely measuring a blip on the radar. And MJD is hurt again. Ugh, don't remind me. So Seattle is essentially 3-0. and The question for them is their road performance. If they can win half their games on the road, because we're assuming they're not getting beat at home, all right, they have to. They're going at you. They go, they, they go at the AFC South because they, you know, that's the NFC West plays the AFC South this year, and they play both of their AFC South games on the road weeks four and five at Houston, at Indianapolis. Then they're home for Tennessee. They go three straight, and they, they might as well play in the AFC South after this week's game against Jacksonville. Then they're at Arizona on our air to kick off week seven. At St. Louis the following week on Monday night football. Their other road games are at Atlanta. How great is that going to be in week 10? At San Francisco at the Giants. They win half of those. We're assuming they don't get beat at home because the teams that they see at home, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Tampa, Minnesota, New Orleans on Monday night. Hmm. Arizona and St. Louis. How can you sit here and say you, you think maybe New Orleans can go up there and pick them off? Maybe well, Minnesota that again? That was the big playoff game two years ago. Beast mode, they... right? Maybe Minnesota gets an Adrian Peterson performance. That's something that 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 I, I got to tell you, Percy Harvin might circle that game, but the, they have a bye week, week 12, after which the Saints have to go there after Seattle gets a bye week, and maybe that's the game Harvin returns for yeah. because it's the first Monday in December. I'm telling you, man, I don't know if they're going to leave. I mean, they, they, they finished their last two games at home. Sunday, December 22nd, Arizona. They may not leave there until they, they get, if they get to go to New Jersey. The way they're playing. Knee-jerk? Maybe so. Maybe so. Week two, what they did against San Francisco was, impressive. was beyond impressive. Inside podcast here, we had Al Michaels on last week, obviously. And yes. before we started talking on the podcast to him, we, I mentioned that was a you know great job with uh, stalling for those 33 minutes of the rain delay. Of course, they get an hour one. And when he went into the – he started telling us off mic about the Doppler – and he's like, oh, I know the dop. I, you know, I did weather, blah, blah, had blah. To do it again. And he had to do it again. I was cracking up. I don't know about you guys. but I was. was I tweeted great... that out. Oh, man. I tweeted it out. So good. It's good stuff. By man. the way, you want a tweet update, Rich? Sure. Two minutes in, 61 retweets. I'm telling you. That Seattle fans are nuts. Speaking of which, uh, he's on the line. All right, let's get to him. The man of the moment from Western New York. He is one of the Pepsi Next Rookie of the Week nominees. Joining us, care of not only Pepsi Next, but the... Buffalo Bills, who he led to victory for the first time in 2013 and in his career with a touchdown pass to Stevie Johnson with just two mere seconds left on the clock against the Panthers. Quarterback E.J. Manuel, how are you, E.J.? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, but I can't be as, as good as you right now. <laughs> this has to be great, a great feeling for you. Yeah, it is a great feeling. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the way that we won... Uh, we didn't want it to have to come down to two seconds in the game for us to close it out. But uh, nonetheless, we're extremely excited and 
now we're moving forward and looking forward to the Jets this week. Yeah, Doug Marone, your coach, said he was unnerved at how unnervous you were right. in that situation. Can you please walk me through your mindset as you knew what you had to do in order to avoid an 0-2 start for your team? Right, well, it all started from our defense holding Carolina down to uh, two field goals late in the game, and that's really what allowed us to make you know the last winning touchdown even matter. Uh, if, the, if Carolina had scored a touchdown, you know, we would have been out you know, from uh, reaching our goal to win the game. So uh, when I saw that opportunity, we all looked at each other as an offense before we went out on the field and said, hey, let's be legendary today. And uh, what better way to end it like that? And uh, I think for me, having the confidence from Coach Marone and Coach Hackett, uh, as well as my teammates, knowing that, hey, we can actually go out here and win this game, uh, that's what really took away all the nerves. And uh, I think I relaxed even more so than I did earlier in that game. Mm-hmm. And you do realize the stage that you're on this week. Uh, the Jets are not only one and one, right. but this is the city that never sleeps. And oh, yeah. New Jersey, right across from it, all the tabloid newspapers there, if you do to the Jets what you just did to Carolina, it's a whole different ball of wax. Has somebody spoken to you about that? Uh, not really, but uh, I do understand the media and uh, what kind of atmosphere the Jets you know, uh, is. I mean, I understand it's the Big Apple, it's New York, uh, New York, uh, New York Life Light or Limelight. And uh, what better situation to go in as a, uh, a young team and as a young quarterback to uh, go out there and get a win. So, uh, like I said, we're focused on the Jets right now. And we're getting prepared for those guys. Who do you model yourself after? Uh, I, I really try to model myself after myself. Um, I don't really try to be uh, like a Tom Brady or try to be like an RG3 or like a Cam Newton. I think I offer uh, the passing and the running ability. So um, I try not to clump myself or categorize myself with other guys, although they're some of the great quarterbacks in our league right now. Uh, you know, so I obviously pay them a lot of respect and look up to those guys, but I just try to be who I am and uh, not try to be anything different. Well, growing up, who did you model yourself after? Growing up, I, I watched a lot of Donald McNabb. Uh, Donald McNabb, and he's still somebody who's very, uh, you know, in touch with me. He'll contact me at least once a week, just checking to see how I'm doing. Uh, Jim Kelly, who's a, obviously a Bills, one of the, the greatest quarterbacks to play for the Buffalo Bills, is somebody who's also reached out to me quite a bit. Uh, still Charlie Ward and Florida State, Chris Winkie, a lot of guys, so... Uh, not that I necessarily model myself off all, after all of those guys, but still hearing uh, great words and, and wisdom from those guys helps me out a lot. What did Jim Kelly tell you? Well, Jim, after the game, was just really excited. And uh, even times <laughs> before the game, if it's like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, he'll just ask how I'm doing. It won't, it won't even really be about football. He'll just ask mentally how am I feeling, how am I you know, looking at this, you know, this defense that we're about to play this week. And uh, to me, you know, getting a call or a text from him is huge. One, because you know, he has tons of – wisdom he's been here he's, he's done it he's played for this team and he's helped this team win and this city win and uh, also he's a hall of famer <laughs> you know what i mean so it doesn't get any better than that to get wisdom and uh, some great knowledge from him well i said this before on the show and i might as well say it to you too is the feeling of excitement that you deliver to bills fans is something they haven't felt in a while and right. even though it's just two games i know it's just two games but the reason why i say that is your upside and what you represent is something that they have not had at the quarterback position maybe since Jim Kelly. Right. And, I mean, not to throw any pressure on you like that, and, and you seem the type that, that would slough it off anyway. Right. Well, but, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but I really think, uh, you know, I, I look at it as not just being a one-man show, and it definitely isn't. Like I said, we have a great supporting cast with awesome coaches, and, you know, uh, Coach Hackett's done a great job game planning, and, uh, he and I have a great, you know, mode of communication back and forth, and I really think that's what gives me a lot of my confidence. And also having great leaders on your team like Eric Wood and Stevie Jack, Stevie Johnson, and Fred Jackson, C.J. Spiller, Kyle Williams, and Mario Williams. So 
you know, we have a lot to, to look forward to as a team. But Stevie's not barking at you for the ball? No, he's not. At this uh, ball? No? <laughs> Stevie's not the kind of guy to uh, necessarily bark at me, but, you know, it's not like I'm not trying to give him the ball, so he really doesn't have anything to complain about. <laughs> but I, at this point in time, I mean, you're EJ and there's a CJ and he's SJ. <laughs> yeah, Is we got an FJ with Fred, so there's yes. a lot of, uh, lot of uh, I guess, initials going on on our team, but... As long as we continue to work together, we'll get it done. Well, I would think others are, are going to try and change their last name to a J just to <laughs> right. fit in. Right, I mean, yeah. Talk about we'll pressure see. there. Yeah. I mean, in that regard. Um, Christian Ponder uh, was the guy there before you. Did right. Have you spoken to him at all going into the league whatsoever, or what's your relationship with Christian in that well, regard? Well, yeah, well, Christian gave me a lot of advice, especially during the pre-draft process as far as what to look forward to as far as, you know, the combine or uh, the senior bowl, which he did very well, and he got the MVP of that as well. And, uh, you know, even when we played those guys in the preseason, uh, we caught up right before the game, talked for like 15 minutes before uh, we started doing our pregame warm-ups. And, you know, he just said he was very proud of me. And obviously, just like I'm proud for Jameis Winston, who's doing great at Florida State right now, uh, the fact that we're all, you know, Florida State quarterbacks and kind of a, a fraternity of its own, uh, we're all proud to see each other have success. Yeah, Jameis is off the charts right now. Yep. I mean, he has more touchdowns than incompletions. <laughs> right how crazy now. is that? Yeah, how crazy is that? I mean, he has some great guys around him, but you know, Jameis is going to continue to play lights out, and I know Coach Fisher is going to continue to have him prepared. Do you take time maybe even to text him? I, I know you've got enough on your hands right now, but still, as you mentioned, it's a fraternity with Florida State. Yeah, most definitely. We were actually texting this morning, so – uh, I talked to Jameis at least three or four times a week, you know, not even just about football, but just, you know, we were friends before or after, you know, the football stuff, you know what I mean? So uh, he and I keep in contact quite a bit. And uh, what about Prime? I'm sure he reached out to you many times, right. Dion. What- yeah, well, uh, seeing Dion at the draft, you know, uh, obviously he's a Florida State guy. He's one of the reasons why you want to go to Florida State to be a part of that primetime culture that he brought to FSU. And, uh, you know, I know he's somebody who's extremely proud when he sees uh, younger Seminoles like myself come into the league and represent very well. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, if I could just continue to make my parents proud, the Bills Nation proud, as well as the uh, former players who played at Florida State proud, I'm doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine what that must feel like because whenever I crack a good line or set up Dion right. for his analysis and he looks at me and he goes, great job, humble host, because if he has a nickname for you, that's all. I mean, that's the highest compliment he can give you. Yeah. I can only imagine you winning a football game that he's emotionally invested in, what that must mean when he would look at you after a game like that. That must be off the charts. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. And like, you, like I said, the fashion and the way that we won, uh, our defense holding those guys to a field goal and uh, Stevie being wide open in the end zone to, to catch the, the winning touchdown to seal the deal, it uh, doesn't get much better than that. Do you think the AFC East is up for grabs? I do. I think, uh, you know, I know ourselves as a team, we're still continuing to try to get better each, you know, each week. We've only played two games thus far. So I think the Jets this week will be a great test for us. Um, I know they have a great defense, and they do a lot of different things that we'll have to be prepared for. And their offense is trying to get back on track just like we are. And uh, obviously with New England, they're 2-0 right now. But I definitely think they're a team that we can get later on this season, as well as the Miami Dolphins when we play those guys twice this year too. So uh, I think it's definitely an open division, and uh, we'll see who wins. What's your coach like? I mean, he he is somebody that that we're going to have to learn who he is and what he's about as you – as you guys, um, for your sake, uh, hope to win get more and more games out there in Western New York. What is Doug Marone like, EJ? Well, Coach Marone, first off, is a great person. Um, I think he's someone who truly cares about his players, not just on a professional level, but also, you know, on a personal level. You know, he'll, he'll ask guys, not just me as a young quarterback, but he'll ask some of the veteran guys, hey, what is something I can do better? What is something, 
you know, that will help the team? How do you think the guys will feed back to this? And everything that he's instituted thus far, we've all responded to very well. And uh, when you have a head coach that's willing to be open to new ideas and open to the ideas of the players, you know, that's a player's coach, and that's what you want to play for, and we'll go to bat for him any day. EJ, so many people talk about rookie walls, and and what I always tell them, because in my job, I see firsthand just how long a year it is. It's not just yeah. the season that's longer than the right. playing season you're used to in college. It is, for somebody like yourself, a lo- start. I mean, it starts the minute you are finished at oh, Florida yeah. State. Oh, yeah. And then the training you do for the combine, and then from the combine to the draft, and then when you're drafted, having to learn everything. Uh, and and your mom was also ill too, correct? Did yep. you went yes, through sir. all that? Yes, sir. She's doing great now, um, which is uh, awesome. You know, her her health is back to normal. But like you said, it is a long year. Uh, I mean, you literally go from the bowl game right into off season training, getting prepared for the senior bowl, or you know the draft and things like that. So it's nonstop. But uh, you know, you just handle what you can and. Uh, just kind of try to get the rest when you can. And then you had to learn the system and then go into a competition right? as well. Instantly went to a competition, which, you know, is something that I was very happy about. Um, you know, I was very happy to go to the Buffalo Bills where they didn't have a starting quarterback, where the competition was wide open for myself, Kevin Cobb, and Jeff Toole, who's another rookie quarterback as well. So, um, you know, I thought the competition went very well. I hated to have the injury that I did have, which sidelined me for two weeks in that preseason, but I was able to get back for the Patriots game. Yeah, what was that like? Well, it was tough. Um, you know, I felt like I, you know, put in a good amount of work beforehand uh, before I got hurt, and I had a good game that night. I did get hurt versus the Vikings in the preseason, but uh, nonetheless, anytime you do get injured as an athlete, you know, it, it messes with your mind a little bit. But I think the biggest thing for me was just to control what I could and continue to get better mentally. You know, make sure I didn't, you know, get a step behind as far as the mental aspect of the game. And once my physical was back, I was ready to go. Now, you're a, you're a, a nominee for Pepsi Next Rookie of the Week, where right. people can vote at NFL.com slash rookies all year long and yeah. then watch a new web series where Pepsi Next celebrates some of the hidden talents yeah. of folks like yourself, yep. EJ. Exactly. There's also Geno Smith in that mix, yep. who you face this week. What, yeah. what, what, should I, what should I know about the two of you? going well, into this week. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to see two versatile quarterbacks, uh, obviously two great competitors, um, guys coming from college who are obviously young. Everybody knows the story of you know, myself and Geno. So uh, besides the you know, matchup as far as the quarterbacks, I think you're going to see two, you know, two great teams with good defenses and uh, two similar-minded defensive pro- approaches. And I think that's what's really going to help us on our defense or our offenses, uh, having a defense that's similar to the Jets. So. This- I'm um, looking forward to it. Is the last time you saw him in the green room at Radio City? I think so. Um, I mean, no, actually, I might have seen uh, Gino a few times at the uh, NFL rookie premiere, uh-huh. uh, as well as the NFL uh, symposium, rookie symposium. So I've seen him a couple of times before that. Well, EJ, just just remember this as you go throughout your career, okay? You're one and one right. going into this game against the New York Jets, where the media is supposed to really just care about every last breath that they make and, and, and put on the planet. Right. Gino Smith is also one and one coming into this game but who's the person i called up to be on the rich eisen podcast <laughs> who would be that person i guess it's me today uh no, you know, not just today by the by the help by the help of uh, pepsi next so well no uh, wait a minute talking to you <laughs> no wait a minute now i mean pepsi next definitely was the way that we hooked up but right. you know i'm sitting here and supposedly in the media national media i'm supposed to care about the jets 24 7 365 days a yeah. year and I'm talking 
to the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills in Western New York, right. EJ. And I just want you to make a mental note, okay? All right. As you go through your career and you start kicking tail and, and taking names and everybody starts pulling at you. Okay. And they like, please do this. Let's do this sit-down interview. Let's get behind the scenes. Just remember who was the one who called you when you were one and one after just your first win. Right. Just your first win. You're right. Yeah, I remember okay. that. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. I'm also trying to help you out with that 42, man. So oh, really? Can, well, can you do that right now? Like just a quick, <laughs> a, a quick tip. I mean, I can't do much for you now, man. But if you catch me in the uh, in the springtime, I got you. Okay, so you're in season. You're in season mode. Yeah. Once your season is over. Yeah. I can call you up and you can hit me up on that. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. Me and uh, I think uh, Dion will get you right. I forgot his uh, his. Arthur Ego, we'll get you right, though. <laughs> Leon Sandcastle. Leon Sandcastle, exactly. Who, we'll get you right. Who, by the way, kept step for step with me through my first 20 running okay. backwards. Wow. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. Some talent right there. Well, also, the fans can go and uh, check out some of our, our, our NFL rookie uh, shows as far as what we did. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the rookie premiere, the, the Pepsi Next. Rookie of the Week deal, so they can go to NFL.com backslash rookies to check that out. Look at you, winning games with two seconds left, hitting the sponsors information <laughs> that I didn't bring up. You're, right. co- I mean, you really are covering every base. Right, man, trying to do my best. That's next-level stuff, EJ. From a rookie, that's next-level stuff. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. And, and, um, and, and just again. You and I, you're officially a friend of the program. My man. And, and just remember this, when everyone's pulling at you, yep. when I come knocking again, right. that's all. Don't I forget these folks from the way up. That's all I'm saying. You. We'll do, we'll do. All Thanks, right. Rich. Have a good day, You man. bet. That's E.J. Manuel of the Buffalo Bills on the Rich Eisen Podcast. E.J. Manuel, everybody. He better remember who called him. I think, I think you, you, you drilled it home. He knows. I definitely drilled it home. He knows. He better remember who called him when he was one and one. Okay. That was that was impressive though. That certainly was an impressive win for a rookie to go down. Robert Woods has looked phenomenal too. Yeah, yeah. And now they go to to take on the Jets. By the way, the Bills are the Jets. One of them's going to be two and one. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. One of them's going to be two and one. And the Dolphins could be three and zero. Yes, with that division New that we said that could be a disaster is now looking pretty good. Records. Isn't that incredible? It's what amazing. Well, we it's, but we don't know. And, and your NFC East is looking awful. Uh, well, it's a good thing that the rest of the teams lost 0-4 this week for the NFC East. There we go. I love it. By the way, the Niner fans are blowing me up on Twitter right now. <laughs> I got I got not the way Russell Wilson is playing. Broncos are the best. One L and Russell is missing. Those are my best ones. But, I mean, seriously, you could you could easily tweet me back and say, what, what about the Broncos? Sure. I understand that. Sure. I get it. But just seeing that scene up there in Seattle, holy smokes. I had to turn the television set down. Michelle Tafoya's pregame thing. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. Where she, she, they had, like, and dummy the, players, and, and sign, she went like, and stood up. Back to you, Al. Dedication. Then they set the Guinness record, right? They were trying to break the yeah, over outdoor decibel yeah. or something. Yeah. What does that even mean? It means it's loud. It's loud. It means it's totally loud. Their soccer team is named the Sounders, right? Right. So... All right, so how are we wrapping this up? Like, you want to pick some games, just a handful of well, games? First and off, let's give uh, Brockman some props. Fourteen and two. Yeah, last thank you. Week. The Pretty only impressive. One, which were the what were the only ones you dropped? Uh, Laws Eagles. Yeah, well, they didn't do anyone. Any yeah, I, I, I dropped. Ninety-seven percent the country went on the Eagles. There. Uh, and I lost. I picked the Dolphins. Rich, no, I, I picked the Colts. I picked the Colts to beat the Rich Dolphins. Rich thirteen and three. 
Yeah, I would have I would have joined you in the fourteen and two club because I lost the Dolphins. Uh, I had the Colts too. Yep. I also had the Eagles, but I also went Vikings. Right. So had the Vikings won, I would be the one at fourteen and two as opposed to thirteen and three. I after slummed this it week. up at eleven and five. What's the week? overall? What's the uh, what's the overall? Uh, two weeks in. I think our leaders. We have we have five leaders. No, I'm talking about us. Oh, us. I'm twenty three and nine overall. Okay. And as am I. Twenty three and nine. And I'm twenty four and eight. It's got a one-game lead, uh, which uh, twenty-four and eight is good for a gajillion place in our podcast uh, <laughs> pick'em league. Correct? Yeah. Because um, there are point totals that are associated to it. Yeah, with so, fantasy points, I think Wacky Gators is at thirty and two. At the thirty and two, but for record. some reason doesn't have the most points. I don't yeah, understand how that works. It's tied into the fantasy points. I'll get our our dev guys okay. on that. But Wacky Gators picks. He is uh, or she fifteen and one last week. And fifteen and one the first week. That's oh. a th- cumulative record of thirty and two. What? No, Law. I thought I realized something. But uh, Wacky Gators went all in on your Eagles, and they lost this week. So way to, yeah, let, us, way to I, let us all down. So there you go. Um, so let's pick some games for this week, and then on our podcast coming up on Thursday with Peter Melman, the longtime Seinfeld producer. We strolled Can't down Seinfeld memory lane with him. Uh, we'll pick. Uh, um, how about this? Is what we'll do? We'll pick the Thursday night game now. Okay. And, and, I figured and then it on out. Thursday, we'll get the rest of the picks. All, I like of, it. all of our leaders, the guys that are in first place, the top five, all went sixteen and zero last week. So they got the fifty point bonus. So that's why they're ahead. Oh, because if you go, if you it. go, if you go perfect sixteen zero, you get a fifty point fantasy bonus. Hmm. So although uh, Wacky Gators has picked more games correct overall. When you clean sweep a week like okay. they did, here's what we're gonna do though: is we're gonna we'll give whoever wins with the fantasy points, we'll have him uh, or her on the show. Yes, and then we'll give a tip of the cap to whoever picked the most games. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll send out a, a punish our people too. Sure, right? But yes, right. Which you can go in new team colors and women's sizes, and uh, for you uh, plump folks, three X, three X, beefy. That's a big shirt. Who wins, the Eagles or Chiefs? Thursday night football. You're starting me off right there. I am. Be objective, Law. I think I should pick this game last. I want to hear your, Brockman, your two. What Chiefs. You, you take the Chiefs. Why? Andy Reid's going to do it. You think so? I do. And 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 the Eagles can't stop anybody. Well, no. they, they stopped RG3 in week one, but we're already talking about how he's hobbled. Um, and Alex Smith, you know, he's one of those guys who just gets it, uh, gets it done. Chiefs have a better done. better running game than San Diego. Jamal Charles saying Tuesday they want to win it for Coach Reed, so they already got that work. I think the for Chiefs him. have better offensive weapons than the Chargers, and the Chargers just scored thirty three points. And I think you know what? I bet Andy Reed definitely had this one circled. You talk about Ed Reed probably not having the Baltimore Ravens game circled. Andy Reed definitely had this one circled. I'm going to say this. I hope Andy Reid gets a standing ovation when he walks in. He will. He I think it. he will. Because he turned I think that he franchise will. around. I as think he will. They're retiring McNabb's jersey as I know. well. And I think both so, of them are going to get booed ridiculously. No McNabb way. got a pretty well, good reception earlier this Come year on. when he was back for a game. What Donovan McNabb did for that team, I understand they didn't win at all. I love Donovan no, McNabb. I hope that they, they both better get cheered. I, I hope so, too. And I've got a mic, live mic, at halftime. As just like because Brewski, I couldn't even hear myself think when Brewski went into their hall oh, Patriots ring of honor that on, on, that on awesome. Thursday night. Uh, I will have a live mic, and if I hear a predominant amount of booze with Donovan McNabb standing in the middle of the field with his family standing around him, and Jeff Lurie, the owner of that team, standing up there and giving him his props, if if there are more booze than cheers, 
I've got a live microphone, well, and you know, I will and I will speak my mind. You know who will speak his mind is Irvin, because those fans didn't treat him too well at the vet. Whenever well, there's a down. different story. He's a cowboy in, in regard, true, and you can booed, understand how fans can maybe overreact in that regard. They booed Santa Claus, Rich. They're the best. That's all I'm going to say. The Boo Birds, the Philly Boo Birds, they're the best. I think I, I think fans are going to cheer. I'm taking the Eagles. I hope so. And here's why: Thursday night football, short week, yep. team on the road, yep. and that o- offense is high powered. I think they're going to correct the clock mistakes. Defense will get some things shored up. I'm going with the Eagles. And of the Chris's, which one do I agree with? I agree with the man behind the glass, Chris Law. <laughs> yes. I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, here you go. That's not a bad lone wolf to be on, though. I no. mean, that's a – it's hey, just I, tough. I, it's tough. I've seen. I, I've been in our eighth season of Thursday night football. You're right. The road team on a short week always struggles. It is tough. But tough. it is tough. The big man's going to have some cheesesteaks this week. Okay, there you go. And we'll pick. Uh, we'll pick um, Ed Reed's game, Houston, and uh, the Ravens. We'll pick the Packers, Bengals. We haven't talked about that game, but we'll talk about it further on our podcast later in the week. Uh, Rams, Cowboys. I want to go Falcons, Dolphins, and uh, in honor of uh, of. Um, Akib Talib and uh, 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 Bill, I want to go Bills, uh, Bills Jets. Not in honor of Akib Talib, in honor of EJ Manuel being on this show. Absolutely, we'll go Bills Jets. Excellent. Um, okay, guys. Actually, you know what? Let's do this right now. Let's let's do Ed's game, and we'll do uh, we'll do EJ's game, and we'll okay. do the rest. We'll hit the, on the rest next on the next podcast, podcast yes. late. Yeah. Week. What do you got for Texans Ravens? Who do you have in this one? I mean, I got the Texans. I, the Ravens haven't shown me enough that they can pull this one out. What do you got? What do you got? Man, I really want to take the Texans. But I think... <sighs> Ray's going to be there, and he's going to fire that's him what up. I, that's what I mean. I think he'll be... That's what I mean. I wonder if ESPN will have an issue with Ray if he, Ray goes in the locker room and fires one team up. I, I think with know, former man. players, that's different waters. They can do... Yeah, I guess so. And the Texans have had to come if from got, behind. If he does it, I don't know. You know, they won on the last play of the game the last two weeks. I'm going to take the Ravens at home. You are? I am. And once again, I'm going with the Chris behind the glass. I'm I mean, going I with think the we're, Texans. I think we're talking about the wrong Ray here. It depends what Ray Rice does. You know what? The Ravens-Texans have played some of the more entertaining games the past couple of seasons. Usually it goes to overtime, right to overtime. And they're high-scoring affairs, high shootouts that I just do not believe the Ravens have it in them. Yeah. I don't believe the Ravens have that in them. And maybe they find something else, and Bernard Pierce runs for a bunch of yards. By Rice way, may, be, can, may be healthy. That's exactly what John Harbaugh wants to hear out of you guys. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going Texans. And who do I'm you, monitoring his picks to see if he changes these. Who do you have in Bills and now. Jets? Who do you have in the Bills and the Jets? Uh. You know, I, I believe I, the Bills Mafia is standing strong. I got I got our boy E.J. Manuel on this one. Okay. And who do you have, uh, Chris Brockman? Guys, this pains me to say this. The Jets are playing pretty good defense right now. And the Bills have had to, had to come from behind. They've gotten off to slow starts. I guess it all depends if the Jets can put any points on the board, which they've yet to kind of do really consistently. Yes. Having said that, I'm going to take the Bills. You're going to take the Bills. All right, so then uh, you guys make some very good points about the Bills, and I know E.J. Manuel is on this show. Um, uh, The Jets have played some really good defense. They have. They really, really have. E.J. Manuel's first two games were in the friendly confines of uh, of Ralph Ralph Wilson Wilson Stadium. This is his first road game. Uh, The Jet fans are going to be in full throat. The Jets had a mini-bye playing Thursday night football coming off of that. Geno Smith is going to make some plays. The Jets are going to go in there 
in the home of the New York Jets and come out with the win. So I'm going to play back for you. You Ow. reminding EJ. Here it is right now. You reminding EJ <laughs> yes. of who you called him, not I Gino. Did. Correct. Here it is. Go right ahead. Here. You're sure. Well, EJ, just, just remember this as you go throughout your career, okay? You're one and one going into this game against the New York Jets where the media is supposed to really just care about every last breath that they make and, and, and put on the planet. Right. Geno Smith is also one and one coming into this game. But who's the person I called up to be on the Rich Eisen podcast? <laughs> Who would be that person? I guess it's me today. Uh, no, you know. not just today. Okay. And you take the Jets. Yes, I do. I do take the Jets. I do. Wow. I do. I like it. Because I, I have to go with my 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 thought process. I'm, I can't just be blinded by the fact that we're newfound friends. That's true. That's on the true. podcast. That's true. I mean, I've got to give the people my unvarnished opinion. Of course. How many uh, how many uh, retweets do I have now? Uh, let's see. The current tweet as it stands is at 143. Seahawk fans are rabid. <laughs> it's good. It's going to be great. Seriously, I could have done that. This. I could have done that for the Broncos. And no offense to Broncos fans, they're loud too when they scream "incomplete" in their home term in their home stadium. It's, I've been there, and it's it's like a rock concert. Why don't you do that? Why don't you tweet the exact same thing but with the Broncos? <laughs> no. Just do it. Just to see. I can't do that, man. There's a credibility factor here. There's a credibility factor here. Oh. See, but it'll be interesting that people who have seen this tweet when they listen to the podcast understand why I sent that out. Yeah, no, that that will be good. Um. Anything else that we need? Any other housekeeping we need to get to? Uh, um, oh, yes. Actually, there is some housekeeping. Um, sure. There what was, is it? There was a, some good digs back and forth as you appear on Dan Patrick's show oh, weekly yes. on Thursday morning before the game. Right. And last Sunday it was the weather delay, Dan Patrick on the no, sidelines. No, it's the first Thursday of oh, the, the, first first Thursday, Thursday right. of the night, yeah. Uh, DP on the sidelines with Tony and Rodney. You know, they had their Mary Poppins umbrellas down there. and. You let it be known. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, Dan was out there in the elements, and it starts raining, and it starts really raining hard to the point where the game got delayed, and I look up, and there's Dan with a, you know, holding an umbrella. Yes. Now, I get offered umbrellas all the time, because I do the walk and talk. <laughs> of course. Okay. The, the eight-second hits we have before halftime and before post game to remind everybody to stay tuned they want me out there on the field and i do my walk and talks as a sort of a, a wink and a nod towards Stu scott who's the king of the walk and talks the king of the walk and talk. okay where he always walks toward the camera so i have my fun with the walk and talks <laughs> but being out there sometimes it's raining i'm in the elements and do you know how many times they've offered me to be holding an umbrella i, I just can't do it i won't do it it's a football game. That's right. People aren't in the stands in their umbrellas. They're in their ponchos. They're in this. They're in that. Well, you put the jacket on, right? Well, I put the rain jacket right, on. Right, sure. Right. right. You know, because, I mean, the threads can't get wet. That's what I mean. So <laughs> I, 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 I commented it. to Dan about the umbrella. You know, and <laughs> the, the uh, I guess, in between the lines message to Dan is, you're soft. I mean, you got two segments out of this, too, You're I soft. Think, on Thursday. Right. Man You're up. soft. You're sort of soft. So I talked to him about it before the game, and then, you know, I'm sitting there, and it's beginning to rain. Now, we're on our set, which has a canopy, mm-hmm. which has a canopy. Yes. To protect all of us from the rain. So I don't, when I'm sitting on the set, uh, umbrella's a moot point. Well, you know, but, those, those. But I felt the raindrops on my back, on my neck, because the wind was swirling and blowing. So Swirl I felt the winds. rain coming, 
And I decided I made this one of those real time decisions that I had an opportunity to take a shot at Dan. (laughs) You know, during a halftime segment of a show, which I know has got a lot of eyeballs on it. And the best part about taking a shot at Dan at that moment was I knew I was protected by a canopy. <laughs> and the subtle, but, but you don't oh. even have to bring him up. You just bring it up subtly. And Do then, you have it? Oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. We, we got it here. This is actually from the Dan Patrick show because uh, Paul Paps and, and oh, yeah, Todd Dan, reached out to me yeah, for they, the audio. Is that how I'm? Because all I know is I get off a plane on Friday because I flew back from New England from Boston. I got on like a 7 a.m. flight. Yeah. Dan's show is from 9 to noon Eastern East Coast, time. yeah. Right. Okay, so I, I, I knew by the time I landed at 11-something in the morning Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, you know. The uh, dust had settled. So I, I land and I get an email from Paul Papp saying, you got to come on and, you know, and defend yourself. And I got texts from Fritz. And then I look at Twitter and I, I see that it was talked about for quite – I got – I got texts from buddies yeah. of mine saying Dan was talking about you all morning, and I'm like, great, he heard it. I had no idea. Yeah, I kind of, you know, I what, it was good for both shows. No, of course not. It's great. This. It's fun. This is fun. Yeah, this is fun stuff. This is fun. But then but Susie I calls it. in. I, that I heard. Okay, I know my wife called in because you know she she loves Dan's show. She she she's a consumer of Dan's program, and uh, I I. I, I gleaned from the texts and the tweets that I was receiving that Susie called in <laughs> to defend my honor. I've heard that segment. She's your Giselle, Rich. She's my, I, said, I know how Tom Brady felt after <laughs> the Super Bowl. <laughs> he's, he's, I guess he's the welcome in this? Do you have all of this? Yeah, we have all of it. It's okay. about three minutes long. Okay, just, let's hear it. Just enjoy. Okay. It's good stuff. Got an I-team update. <laughs> there was an anchor on anchor crime last night. <laughs> and took a shot here. Play it again. Here's Rich during the NFL Telecast. The Foxborough crowd, as you can hear, is all fired up, and I'm feeling raindrops right now. The storm is moving into Foxborough, but I've no umbrella over here. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm saying. We're out here in the rain, and we look forward to seeing you in the second half. Hey, that's Rich with a shot across the bow because I used an umbrella in Denver. We didn't have a set where we were on. I had, a, I had an umbrella. Um, the I-team has uncovered the covering that was over the anchors, the talent there of the NFL Network. That, uh, they actually had a covering over the, the set there. Rich Eisen conveniently was on a cross-country flight from New England to Los Angeles. Perhaps speaking blowing on his me behalf, up on email at this point, is too. his lovely wife, Susie. Yes, Susie. Good morning, Dan. <laughs> and thank you for the beautiful flowers, by the way. You're welcome, and congratulations on little little Taylor Maddie. It was nice. Well, thank you. She's delightful. You know, it's okay to be dandy, Dan. It's okay to like an umbrella. I thought Susie. you were very Fred Astaire out there. But why did your husband take a shot? I mean, his, oh, his words hurt, Susie. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. I know how sensitive you are. Yes. Father of four. By the way, good parenting advice about not yelling at your kids. I threw mine in their room and closed the door this morning. <laughs> Didn't want to hear it. But I will say, you know, Rich, you know, I, I'm not one to defend him. I'm not one to jump on the radio and defend my husband. He's a big boy. But this feels like Brenda, but... Brenda Warner with Kurt Warner, you know, maybe. <laughs> oh, how dare not you. Giselle and Tom Brady. How dare you. cruel and unusual punishment. No, no, no. I like she to hang Kurt, Rich out for Brenda a Warner, by the way. like oh, anybody yeah. else. Yeah. I leave the hair comments alone. I think it's un- unwarranted. That's right. Unnecessary. But I will say this. He did do that walk and talk. He posted yes. a picture to his Who Say page. And 
there were at least nine or ten drops of rain on his no on doubt. his jacket. So to me, that's a torrential downpour living in Southern California. Yeah, but he was on the set when he's talking about, oh, here comes the rain. Okay, so he threw it out. No, he, he lied. He, he deceived the audience, Susie. <laughs> well, Dan, being a New England native, we do know that it can rain from left to right. Yes. Not right to left. In New England. She's on fire. It could She's have been it. like a sideways rain that got mm. under that tarp. Exactly. Mm. I hadn't spoken to her yeah. about that either. That's now, a, that's here's what I think is questionable. Yeah. When when I got caught in a downpour uh, during a Maryland game once, I was not allowed an umbrella on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and I looked like a drowned rat, which is always an attractive look for a female sideline reporter. But, so my question to you is, how come you were allowed to use the umbrella at all? Mm. I didn't want to. I, but you I, look so handsome doing it, so I don't. I don't really care. I, I, again, if you'd only done a sidestep and a little dance and maybe started singing, <laughs> it would have pulled the whole show together. It would have been like an NBC primetime show. Are you going to tell your husband that we had this conversation? No. Okay, good. Let's just keep it quiet. <laughs> I, that's what I do best. All right. Uh, well, thanks for sticking up, sort of, for your husband. Well, I try. All right. Thank you, Suze. Bye, guys. All right. Love you. Bye. So, Mitch's, uh, Mrs. Uh, Rich Eisen there. By the way, Susie's tougher than Rich. I don't know if you heard that shot. Him? I'm okay. (laughs) I'm not sure I don't disagree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Dan got that one right for sure. What? Susie's tougher than me, huh? Uh, All right. It's because it's Susie's from New England, Rich. We're just tough people. I know that. Well, it didn't stop there, though. It continued on to this Sunday night. He even took a shot from Al Michaels. Dan did. Dan did. Yes, Al got in on it. <laughs> Al got in on it, who was on last week's you show. You have that? I have that. All right. Meanwhile, Dan Patrick is in the studio, doesn't need an umbrella, and we're going to keep you updated from here, but right now back to New York. <laughs> yes, he got in on it. He got in on it. Oh, Getting it from all sides. Oh, Al man. said he doesn't need an umbrella. Albino. Because he's in studio. Oh. That was great. Good times. Oh, man. Dude, it's... Oh. Oh, wait till I, I'm going on Dan's show. I believe it's 10:35 a.m. Eastern Thursday to promote uh, Philly hosting Kansas City, and we'll have another rondelay. That should be a good one. But I did go out for the walk and talk, okay? And Susie's re- was referring to the Husay Page picture when I came back in from halftime. You know, they offered me an umbrella. I said no, right. and I walked from the set to. Yeah, and I was on TV. I can't be. I cannot be seen with an umbrella. I just can't at a football stadium, well, especially a week after. Everybody in the stands is wearing ponchos. They're not allowed umbrellas. How do I get? Um, why? Because I need to. First of all, my hair is not going to be affected by anything. <laughs> Secondly, you know, so what? I send a suit to a dry cleaner. So what? It's not going to ruin it. If it does, you know what? It's what I do for a living. But the walk and talk. I put on an NFL Network rain jacket right. with the tie, perfectly knotted, <laughs> seen through. Do you go the half Windsor? Unzi- I, I, I go double. Double Windsor. Yeah. So, long story short, I, they Rhoda, one of the best stage managers of all time. The best. She, she was Puma. Larry King's for a very long time. Puma, Puma does the studio. Fox morning. Hello. Hello. And then Thursday night is Rhoda on the road. Rhoda says to me, do you want an umbrella? Could you imagine? A part of me thought for the comedy of it. It would have been. How great would that have been? My final walk and talk with the umbrella. But I also thought, you know what? I don't want to open myself up to Dan Nation's (laughs) team that was sending him a picture that that 
Ian Rappaport took of me underneath the covered the covering. Yeah. To make it look like I was being soft myself or a hypocrite. I thought it was funny to send the shot across the bow to Dan, fully knowing I was covered at the time. I thought that added an extra value to it. But I thought, you know, I'm going to do my thing, which is do the walk and talk in the rain and just let it hit me. You betcha. Shout out to Two Days for sending that our way. So that was him that sent that clip back our way. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Great friends at the Dan Patrick Radio Program. Hilarious. Do you have an international shout out of the week? I do. Uh, Nick Evans at Nick J.F. Evans. International shout out for a Jets fan from London. boy. And this was on September 8th, so he said, obviously, they're not going to win. And the Jets ended up beating the Bucks. Typical Jet fan. Doesn't matter where you are located. boy. <laughs> All right. Peter Melman is uh, on a show we'll release on the day of the Chiefs and Eagles. Correct? Yeah, we're going to put that up uh, most likely Thursday afternoon. So That'll some, go up. I want to thank our friend Glenn, uh, Glenn Eunice. Yes, for helping out uh, with Ed Reed. Loved him the text last night. And the he good people through. at Pepsi, uh, Pepsi uh, for uh, for EJ Manuel yeah, and the Bills. To, and go the to NFL.com slash rookie. You can vote on the uh, rookies of the week Very presented good. by Pepsi. And he's also up for uh, the GMC Never See no, Never Moment with Jay Cutler's comeback win and uh, Drew, Drew Brees' comeback win, Very too. Good. And a tweet update, Rich. It's been about 15 minutes. 196 retweets, oh, 71 on. favorites. That might get to 500. That might get to 500. It's been about 27 minutes because we had EJ in there, but it's definitely... The Eagles have been in fuego. I mean, the uh, geez, the Seahawks have been in fuego. I'm telling you, they bring, the 12th man's the reason I'm on the league. By the way, that's my... that's my. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, we look forward to seeing that, too. Yeah, yeah. can't wait. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Good luck. I can't wait to see your... The first two episodes have been hilarious. They always are. For at Chris Law and at Chris Brockman, I'm at Rich Eisen for at the Eisen Podcast. Peace out. Hello, me, Cookie Monster. Yeah. Me always listen to the Rich Eisen podcast. It's my favorite podcast. Yeah, me listen on NFL.com. Oh, and it's also on iTunes, just in case you not know that. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, dear friends.